What was your experience of early recovery? Did you feel that everyone was far ahead of you? Did you struggle with the concept of a higher power? Welcome to episode 375 of The Recovery Show. This episode is brought to you by Anna, Dana, Alyssa, Virginia, Jennifer, Karen, and Nancy. They used the donation button on our website. Thank you, Anna, Dana, Alyssa, Virginia, Jennifer, Karen, and Nancy for your generous contributions. This episode is for you. We are friends and family members of alcoholics and addicts who have found a path to serenity and happiness. We who live or have lived with the seemingly hopeless problem of addiction understand as perhaps few others can. So much depends on our own attitudes and we believe that changed attitudes can aid recovery. Before we begin, we would like to state that in this show we represent ourselves rather than any 12-step program. During this show, we will share our own experiences. The opinions expressed here are strictly those of the person who gave them. Take what you like and leave the rest. We hope that you will find something in our sharing that speaks to your life. My name is Spencer, and I am your host today. I recently received an email from a person in early recovery. He's struggling with getting really into the program and listed some issues that he has. He writes, Almost every member of my home group has years of recovery on me. It seems that everybody has taken the steps at least one time, and I'm still in step two. People talk about their higher power as if it is so obvious that everybody has one. It seems easy to know what a higher power is. The fellowship seems a happy place where every member wants to be around, where I feel no need except for our meeting and the contacts with my sponsor. The same goes for doing service. I hear daily this is the only way to stay in recovery, but I don't want to do service work. As a newcomer, I sometimes feel overwhelmed, but when other newcomers join our meeting, I don't know what to do. I find it difficult to see where I came from. I often miss the more practical side, what will help now. I have a great home group, and I know the things I have written probably tell a lot about myself and my own resentments, but these are my thoughts about the topic. I sent this out to the email list. I said, if you had similar feelings and experiences, what were the stumbling blocks for you? How did you respond to them? How were you able to, as I've heard it said, come all the way in, sit all the way down, and stay? Well, here are your responses. Mark writes, Thanks for sharing the email from the relative newcomer, which brought me back in a constructive way to my earlier days in my recovery journey. In my solo attempts to manage the effects of alcohol and addiction in people around me, I was continually plotting, scheming, and rehearsing what I could say and do next and then fantastically projecting that I would magically transform everyone and everything. Pure cause and effect, with me as the draftsman and engineer behind it all. So there were many aspects of 12-step recovery that were a radical departure for me. Right at the outset, my course had a new and strange to me randomness to it, which only in hindsight would I understand is my higher power's influence. The room I finally found my way to, which would become my home group, was occupied by a lot of members with many years and decades of recovery under their belts, even those people younger than me. So I definitely shared those feelings of being overwhelmed, hopelessly behind the curve, and painfully slow to catch up. My lack of obvious progress in the program was a source of intense frustration for me. I am grateful that the other members were patient, compassionate, and understanding, and though I wasn't consciously aware of it then, something in their words and welcoming attitude made me understand that we weren't in some sort of race or competition, that I was a part of something where I would not be judged or scored or found wanting, 
I have since seen newcomers struggle with these issues and sometimes seen people leave apparently because they felt they were in over their head, not carrying sufficient weight, not giving as good as they got. That was a shame I had to let go of when they left and trust that they and their higher power would find their own way in their own time. Their departure was a loss to the group and to me personally because, though they felt inadequate, their sharings carried meaning and hope and were sorely missed, though they likely never knew it. The other thing I recognize in retrospect that the other members likely recognized in real time was that, however frustrated and flailing, I felt I was making progress, changing for the better. If I read between the lines of the email of this person in early recovery, I have that sense for them as well, and I hope they keep coming back and keep working toward their recovery. I, too, was slow on the uptake and at times glacially slow in my working the steps. My sponsor didn't have a stopwatch on me, and neither did anyone else. For whatever reason, I needed that time. So long as I was willing and working, speed was not a necessary part of my equation. I, too, did not want to do service. For me, that was out of chronic fear of social interaction, part of my tendency to avoid and isolate. I heard people share that, in program, when someone asks you or invites you to do something, the only thing to do is to say yes, which I did and for which I am profoundly grateful. Services given back tenfold, and particularly early on, was a way and place for me to put my gratitude when I couldn't yet find the courage to express the words out loud. Some of the things in the early recovery person's email called me back to my earliest days, but also resonate as active still within me because I am a work in progress. It's been more than a decade. I still don't have a clear understanding of who or what my higher power is or have that sense of personal connection, even as I have come to trust. I still do not use our phone list or reach out to other members in between meetings. For me, I don't think it has ever been because I don't need to or wouldn't benefit from it. It's just that unrecovered, isolating part of me that I need to continue to work on. I still often miss the obvious practical lessons of what will help in the now, but I have increasingly seen that after the fact and that missing the immediate message happens less than it used to. At the end of this day, I have this sense of still being somewhere mid-journey on this path and being in the welcoming and comforting company of the fellowship. When I look back, I see that path stretches far back and some of the details dissipate in the distance. When I look forward, that path lays out ahead further than I can see, bending beyond the horizon, and I am grateful for that. Mark McPee. Thank you, Mark, for sharing all that. Thank you. Heather says, Hi, Spencer. Thanks for giving us an opportunity to reflect on the challenges of being a newcomer. I remember specifically feeling the need to sound like I had my act together any time I felt the desire to share in a meeting, but I was so scared that I really didn't sound like I knew what I was talking about. I would sit through the whole meeting, writing out in my notebook word for word my entire share. Then I would be like the last person to raise my hand just in time to get in, and then I would read my share word for word. My sponsor finally said, lose the notebook, to which I had panic-like resistance. But I finally did. She educated me that this process of sharing is more about being able to let go of the need to look perfect and just let our higher power speak through us. This takes me to the question of about just knowing how to have a higher power. Of course, people with more recovery can speak to this more articulately. I came in with a specific bias against organized religion, so just saying the word God out loud felt very foreign and disgusting coming out of my mouth. 
I had to lean on the experience of my sponsor who kept sharing with me her solid faith. She was so patient and gentle. She never said my acceptance of a higher power had to look or feel any specific way. That appealed to me. She just kept sharing with me examples of how her higher power worked in her life, which most importantly was by laying a foundation of unconditional love and acceptance. From there, I decided that was something important that I wanted in the God of my understanding. So I decided to make a commitment to buying into that concept. And then I started looking for the proof of where my higher power works for me in my life. I created a file folder of proof in my mind that provided solid, irrefutable evidence. That became the solid foundation of my faith. But this was a process, just like everything else in recovery. I simply have to trust the process, keep showing up and doing the work. And the rest grows or happens in God's time instead of my own expectation of when things should happen. I have to give myself permission to be patient and watch for the miracle. To the newcomers, when we say, keep coming back, we mean it. There is so much good that happens, but it's in waves, not all at once. I know that's how it's been for me. Thanks for letting me share and be of service, Heather C. Got an anonymous note. Says, hi, Spencer. I have been in the program for a bit. One of my meetings has resumed in-person meetings, but only the last six months or so. The majority of meetings are on Zoom. I'm grateful for Zoom meetings and the members who share their recovery. 95% of the members I have met have 10 to 30 plus years in the program. Many refer to the amount of time they have at every meeting. When I catch myself wondering if it's a competition, I try to remind myself to work on my program only. I also ask my higher power to help me love them. I often feel overwhelmed in meetings. It helps to stop thinking about what I might share and focus on what others are saying instead. I also focus on my breathing. Doing these things helps me stop feeling that, quote, I'm the star of my own drama, end quote. Regarding a higher power, when I'm having trouble hearing mine, I look to the group as a collective conscience. I believe what others are saying is a higher power speaking to me. Thank you for this show. I've heard many pearls of wisdom here. Stay safe. Steph writes, Hi, Spencer and listener. I wanted to respond to what I can relate to in your quest to connect and leave the rest, as you no doubt heard as a recovery expression. I'm almost two and a half years new to the program. How I came all the way in had to do with what we call the gift of desperation. I had nothing left in me to fight alcoholism. It had totally kicked my butt. So when I got here, I literally tried everything that was suggested to me. Everything helped, but some tools much more than others. The gentleness of the program and encouragement to go at my pace helped me to stick with it. I value the years other members have in recovery because of what they share in their experience, strength, and hope. Because they and my sponsor have worked the steps, they can guide me, especially when I get stuck in patterns of perfection or self-defeat. When I need to keep things bite-sized, I go back to the slogans. They are so simple and wise and can really help turn my attitude around and break me from my all-or-nothing thinking, pivot me from self-pity to gratitude, or put things into perspective. Finally, I cast a wide net. I have a home meeting and usual meetings where I am of service, which does help, and of course, conference and non-conference approved sources, like this podcast, to keep me involved daily owning that this is my recovery and my program keep me invested for the right reasons. I find that when I am craving connection, affection, appreciation, etc., 
It comes back to me when I give it away. It doesn't sound like it makes sense, but so much of this program works this way. In that same sense, I can only suggest that it's a spiritual program with spiritual solutions, and you can choose to let your higher power reveal their presence in your life and see what happens. Wishing you the best in your recovery. She signs, 12-Step Steph. Deborah sent a voicemail. Hi, Spencer. This is Deborah from Florida. I got your email to the group regarding our newcomers' concerns. I just wanted to offer a little feedback. I, too, as a newcomer, felt very alone, confused, and mystified by all the seemingly happy people in the first meetings I attended. I so badly wanted to have what they had, so I turbo-read all the literature. I got a sponsor. I led in meetings. I did service, and yet I still felt alone and was not really getting it. I didn't understand it. I finally realized that for me, Al-Anon was not a program that I could academically absorb and then suddenly be all better. It was also not a program I could easily apply to my life without going through the painful process of experiencing the steps on the program and doing the work. I finally understood what they kept saying, which was keep coming back. And they also said, you'll learn little by slowly. And that was really the only way I could do it. I needed to learn to be still, to be patient, to keep the focus on me, to listen, to do nothing, and let whoever this higher power was to be in charge of how I would grasp Al-Anon and find my true self. I did keep coming back. I did do service even when I didn't feel like it. And I worked the steps slowly and repeatedly, staying on what seemed like forever on steps one, two, and three. And I still reworked them many years later. And I chose a higher power and began to pray to him for the program to work for me. I took everything I did not understand or couldn't feel the way others seemed to, and I took it to prayer. My higher power slowly shifted from this sort of Cecil B. DeMille Hollywood movie version of a god to who is now my profound spiritual being who is all-powerful and in charge of all people, places, and things in the universe. Once I felt this true belief and trusting in this higher power, my life began to shift. But it did take time. We're all impatient when we come into Al-Anon. Not just about Al-Anon, we're impatient about everything. I know I was. Learning to practice patience and trust for me was the magic beginning to live the Al-Anon. And in a practical uh, way, attending beginner meetings is also really helpful to be with others who are just learning at the same rate that you are learning. I hope this helps our fellow newcomer listener, and thanks for all you do. Spencer, I still listen every day and re-listen to many episodes. So thanks for all you do. Take care. Thank you. Thank you, Deborah. Anna writes, thanks, Spencer, and thanks to the questions of the newcomer. Here's some thoughts. What comes to mind is when I'm struggling with willingness, such as to stick around after the meeting or to do service work, it helps me to consider the possibility of becoming willing. What has been shared with me about the idea of becoming willing to become willing, or even willing to be willing to be willing? It also reminds me about comparing myself with others and this so happens to be the topic of the reading and hope for today on February 7th. Continuing coming back and working the program at the pace that it unfolds for me, and ideally with a sponsor, allowing in the possibility of becoming willing to be willing, 
and reading the readings helps me remember I am not alone. I never have to be alone, and this path is my own. No need to compare to anyone else, only myself. How do I compare today to myself yesterday, last week, last year? Love and Fellowship, Anna. Tim sends, Hello, Spencer. I hope this email finds you and fellow listeners safe and well. Thank you for your service. I have been in Al-Anon for about six years now and two and a half years in ACA. I truly identify with the person who emailed you. There are days that I feel like I have made progress and there are days I feel like I haven't made as much as I should have. I still hold back from sharing because I feel like I would be judged. But when I feel like I haven't made progress or I'm blocked, picture the slogan cards on the floor of my home meeting group and pray to my higher power. And I also make myself go to meetings, albeit it has been virtual for the last two and a half years. Sometimes I just listen in to get some strength and energy from others who seem further ahead of me. And I do the LGLG, which is let go and let God. Thanks, Tim. Delette shares, I just had my third Al-Anon birthday on February 4th. My home group members have decades of recovery, some with 30 or 40 years. I still feel like a newbie, and I am in comparison to most of the other members. It's quite intimidating at first, but my group is small and it's easy to get to know them. I can't say they were especially welcoming, but they weren't stuffy either. I'm very shy, so I didn't expect it to be a very comfortable experience for me. As time went on, some of them became very good friends and still are. Regarding the steps, I have yet to work the steps or obtain a sponsor. I'm by nature an overachiever, and I didn't want to jump in and grab the first person I saw and ask them to sponsor me, and I didn't want to address the steps in the frame of mind I have been in since starting. Maybe that's not the right approach, but it is the right approach for me. When I first became a member, my husband was in a very bad way and deeply in the throes of his alcoholism. He was 75 and in poor health. In the first two years, he continued to verbally abuse me and threaten me, and it was all I could do to get through each day. I couldn't begin to start working the steps or taking on a new endeavor. Long before I became a member, I had already learned how not to engage or be codependent. I had learned how to detach with love, and I was pretty good at being able to manage my interaction with my husband. We were living in different houses two hours away from each other, and I was safe. But I was my husband's person when it came to medical needs, etc., and my husband had some very serious drunken falls that put him in the hospital and required that I care for him while he recovered. So I was really in limbo when it came to the amount of time and energy I could vote to a sponsor or working the steps. I've been in therapy for several years with a therapist who specializes in addictions, so I had her support through these very difficult times. Finally, my husband drank himself to death and died on May 5th, 2021. Although we had a will and trust for our affairs, my husband left me with several serious messes I had to clean up, and I'm still cleaning up. Fortunately, I'm not in any financial distress, which is a huge relief. So although I'm following the steps and traditions, I was in no mindset to work them. It is my hope to do that this year. Bottom line, everybody has to find their own way that works for them. Service is not the only way to recovery, but it can really enhance the benefits of being a member. It can also be a curse. When I first started with my home group, we had about 10 regular people. It's a very small group which felt comfortable for me, and there were enough people stepping up and doing service. When COVID hit, we stopped meeting in person and met on Zoom, so service wasn't too much of an issue. Before COVID, I had served as the refreshment person, secretary, 
and treasurer at various times. We met on Zoom for as long as we needed to and then last summer started meeting in person again. When we started meeting in person again, our membership was very small. The regulars like me still attended, but there were only about five or six of us. Sometimes we would have ten or so. Some people who held service positions just stopped coming to our meeting. The literature person wouldn't show up. We couldn't get anybody to be secretary. I was treasurer, but my term was up, and since I had always done service, I needed a break since my husband had just died, and I was not in the right frame of mind. By the way, I found my husband dead on the floor, and I was in a bit of shock from that, along with all the messy stuff I had to address. Anyway, our meeting was starting to feel like it was on the way to becoming unhealthy. The deal-breaker for me was that shares in our meeting were no longer about our experience, strength, and hope. The meetings had become diatribes about how members fight with family members, or what they had for lunch that day, or about the deer they saw in their yards, or about how much gardening they had accomplished. I'm not kidding. The shares failed to mention how Al-Anon or the steps fit into these experiences. Even those with decades of recovery would recount what they ate with family members for Thanksgiving or some silly thing. I began to find it absolutely unbearable. When we had our business meetings, I always attended and I voiced my concerns about the health of our meeting. Because once the shares turned into mundane group therapy, the number of people who came to the meeting dwindled. I, too, have found another meeting to attend and have not attended my home group for a few months now. So the newcomer needs to know it is important to his or her recovery to attend meetings where real recovery is happening. Not every single meeting has to have that, but if it feels like superficial sharing and nobody is participating in service, it's not a healthy meeting and it's okay to go elsewhere. Finally, in addition to your podcast, I find it helpful to listen to Sobercast, which is a podcast for alcoholics. I learned a lot about the disease by listening to real alcoholics. I hope some of this is helpful information. Take care, Delac. And Kate writes, Hi, Spencer. Thanks for the opportunity to share my experience, strength, and hope with this listener. When I came into Al-Anon, nearly everyone had more time in the program than I did. But one of the things I've learned over time is that time in the program doesn't really mean much. In my opinion, this is part of Traditions 8 and 12. Tradition 8 reminds me that no one is an expert in Al-Anon, including members who have more time in the program than me. We all come together to share our experience, strength, and hope, and to learn from one another. A person who's never been to Al-Anon before may teach me something or help me to understand something about myself. The people with the ears in the program may not. Tradition 12 reminds me that the spiritual foundation of the program doesn't focus on what people do for a living, how long people have been in program, what steps folks have completed, or how much money people make. We are all human beings equals and we all have the potential to teach and learn from each other. The other thing the questions in the email make me think of is the difference between wanting to do something and being willing to do something. I'm willing to do a lot of things that I don't really want to, because I know they are good for me in the long run. For example, I live in a very cold part of the country right now, and rarely, if ever, do I want to go for a walk outside. However, most days I'm willing to go for a walk outside, because I know in the long run, when I go days at a time without direct sunlight and fresh air, I don't like the way I feel. The same goes for participation in the fellowship. Sometimes I don't want to go to meetings, do service work, or connect with my sponsor, but I'm willing to do those things because I know that in the long run I like the way I feel and the way I'm able to show up in relationships that are important to me in my life. As far as the higher power is concerned, my dad, a minister, once told me, 
God doesn't give a shit if you believe in him or not. He'll still be there for you. I love this and think about it often. God doesn't need me, but I need God, and I believe God will wait. And when or if I turn to him, he will be there to receive me with open arms. It doesn't really matter at all to him how long it takes me to get there. Best, Kate. And finally, I guess, what about me? What was my experience? I think in part I was lucky to fall into a meeting that worked to support newcomers. The meeting opening included a sentence, Let us all remember to address the newcomer, our most important member at the meeting tonight. And every week there was a shorter newcomer meeting after the regular meeting, so that those who were new or felt new could ask questions and have a conversation with a longer-time member of the meeting. There were some members of that meeting with decades of recovery, and there were members who were almost as new as I was. Some of them had worked the steps all the way through, maybe more than once. Others were doing the one, two, three waltz, and others were right there at the beginning, just like me. But I think the most important thing that I came to be able to do was something that I heard over and over, and that was to recognize how we were the same rather than focus on our differences. When someone would share an experience that was not part of my story, I could often identify with the feelings even if not the circumstances. And I could take a little bit of the solution that person had found that might work for me. I could hear a person with 20 years of recovery talk about a struggle she was facing today and how she was using the principles and tools of the program to help her deal with it. And I could believe that I could do the same with my different struggles. And yeah, the whole higher power thing was confusing. It's still confusing. I think there were a couple of things that have helped me with that. One was to become aware of the ways in which a power greater than myself has worked and is working in my life. I've heard a program friend say, I think my higher power is always talking to me, but it is in meetings that I actually get quiet enough to hear him. The other thing that has helped me is to realize that I do not have to describe or understand what my higher power is. I only have to accept that if I get out of the way, I will find help, because that has happened. So thank you to our listener for sending in those questions, those issues that he's struggling with, and thanks to everybody who contributed their experience, strength, and hope. I hope that if you're struggling with maybe feeling new, feeling like everybody else has the secret and you don't, that maybe something somebody said here will help you feel a little more in the room, a little more part of the program. Thank you for listening, and please keep coming back. Whatever your problems, there are those among us who have had them too. If we did not talk about a problem you are facing today, feel free to contact us so we can talk about it in a future episode. May understanding, love, and peace growing you one day at a time.